Hi, thank you for joining me, Shirley Jenright, on another episode of Flames to Torch. Today, we're going to talk about the celebration of the birthday of Martin Luther King. On January 18th, Dr. King would have been 92 years old. And as you probably already know, he died at the tender age of 38. There are many celebrations around the country in recognizing Dr. King's birthday. However, during his lifetime, he was not given the same love and respect as he does now. Why do you think that's so? I would surmise the fact after his death and considering the racial injustices, the racism, the systemic racism that continues today, people have become more aware of exactly what Dr. King was fighting for. Although he was fighting for the marginalized individuals, helping Blacks to get their right to vote, helping Blacks in Montgomery, Alabama to be able to ride on a public bus and of course, being able to ride on the public bus in Montgomery, Alabama, also opened the doors in other areas and other cities. He was arrested so many times that you can hardly count them. But he used that time to write letters, to talk about the struggle and what we needed to do. There's so much history behind Dr. King and we can have conversations just about that with nothing more because his life is just that interesting. I was fortunately enough to be able to march with Dr. King I was able to participate in the march from Selma to Montgomery. What I did not realize at the time is the history that we were making. I captured a few pictures, even though I had a little brownie camera at that time. Had I known how important that weekend would have been and that day, I definitely would have captured more. But the protests didn't stop there. We still had to fight and continue marching for rights. The civil rights movement morphed into another movement 
Black Lives Matter movement. And we're going to talk about that movement a little bit as well today. And make a comparison as to what happened during the civil rights movement and then what is happening now with the Black Lives Matter movement. Although many people say Black Lives Matter is radical and they're always rioting, that isn't necessarily true. Because if you notice, when their protests are over is when the riots began. And as an individual who have participated in many protests, some which have ended in riots, I found that the rioters come from outside of the cities and they are there to create chaos. Unlike the civil rights movement in the 60s when Dr. King focused on nonviolent. He believed that the violence would distract anyone from seeing what the movement was all about. He wanted it to be focused on the injustice, not being able to vote, not being able to ride a bus. So when there was violence, it was from the police officers against the peaceful protesters, which is what we see a lot now with the Black Lives Matter protest. But one of the questions that I ask myself, as many others have, why are we still here in the year 2021, we are still fighting voter suppression as we have recently seen in the last presidential election in November of 2020 and the state Senate election in Georgia in 2021. So we're gonna talk about that as well. Why is this still happening? And how do we get around this and move forward? How do we unite as a country when we see such division? Can we unite as a country? Can our political parties work together and work for the people as opposed to working for themselves? After all, we voted for them to represent us to help make a difference in the country for everybody, not just a small segment of the people. So let's delve into some of the issues that we are facing now that we also faced during the civil rights movement. In 1965, the Voters' Rights 
Act was passed that allowed black people to vote. And of course, this did not come without a lot of hassle. Prior to then, uh, blacks would have to try or would actually be given an exam just as if they were trying to get citizenship, be able to vote. And interesting that in some instances, the question would be, how many beans are in this jar? So now you're playing a guessing game and you had one guess. And probably regardless of what the guess was, you weren't going to get it right because they didn't want you to vote. The Voting Rights Act was passed after the riots, after the bombing of the kids in Birmingham, Alabama. Remember that incident where the four kids were attending Sunday school and the Ku Klux Klan's bombed the church, killing four of the young ladies that were attending Sunday school. The Voting Rights Act was not passed until after the dogs were let loose on peaceful protesters in, Burm in Selma, Alabama after water hoses were opened on peaceful protesters. Not until after the march from Selma to Montgomery. So getting the right to vote was not easy. And some people gave their life so that we as a black community would have the opportunity to vote. One of those individuals were, was Viola Leuzo from Detroit, Michigan, a mother and a wife who came down to participate in the civil rights movement and in the march from Selma to Montgomery. She was en route to Selma to Selma after, or rather before the march. She was killed by Ku Klux Klansmen that were passing by. The young man was injured but not killed. I had the pleasure, if I could use that word, or maybe the honor of being able to place flowers at the site in which she was killed. This was a tragedy, but this was only one of many that were killed during the civil rights movement. We know about Mega Edwards that was killed the young men that were killed in Mississippi, whose bodies were buried. And for us to take voting 
so lightly as if our votes don't count. And I hear that often, not just by some of our younger people, but some of the older adults. And I mean older in 60 and below. But your vote does matter and your vote does count. And people gave their lives so that you would have the privilege of voting. And did you know that Black Americans are the only one that have to get recertified to vote in Congress? So it's not permanent that we can vote forever. So that's something else we need to fight to have changed. And then we come to 2020, presidential election. Boy, was that a mess, if I have to say so myself. A mess in the fact that many states, especially the Southern states, were removing people from voting rolls because they hadn't voted in the last two elections, closing voting registration sites so people wouldn't be able to register, voting sites, closing sites where people couldn't even go to vote because now they don't have a place in their neighborhood or in their city where they can vote. These were mostly done in marginalized communities, communities that were mostly democratic and mostly black. So now we have a group of individuals whose votes are being suppressed because the government has closed facilities, moved facilities, and expunged voting rolls. Of course, it did not stop people from still going out to vote. With Joe Biden winning, the presidential election by 7 million votes over the incumbent president, Donald Trump. But that alone should tell you the importance of your vote, that your vote is your power. So when you're electing your political officials, you need to look at the issues that you want them to address and to support. And if they're not doing that, then the next time is you have an opportunity to vote them out, you need to do that. Even if you have to run yourself which isn't a bad idea for some of you. We need people who represent us 
who will fight for our cause, will fight for our issues, will fight to improve the conditions of not just one group of people, but for all of the people. Sure, I am a black woman, I am a black advocate, but I'm also one who wants equality for everybody. I am one who wants to see the best for every group of people, regardless of their color or their religion, their sexual orientation. This is just what I feel from my heart is the right thing to do. But getting the vote makes the biggest difference in the world. The same thing happened in Georgia. There was a runoff in January, 2021 with the two senators, the Republicans, two Democrats. And the initial election was too close to call, so they had to have a runoff. Your vote, the vote of Democrats, the votes of black people turn Georgia Senate blue, turn the Senate of the United States blue. And I'm not here to advocate whether you should vote Republican or Democratic, it's up to you. What I ask you to do is vote your conscience and vote the individual that you feel that represents you the most. If that representative is one who spurs hate and he's representing you, then yes, that's who you're going to vote for. But I'm hoping that we can see a turn in the country and we can see all of this hatred turn into some type of love and working together. I'm not asking you to love everybody. I'm not asking you to love anybody. But let's work together. I was asking over the past week, several of my friends, what do they think needs to be done to move forward since we've had so much division the past four years in this country. And again, with the riot that happened on Capitol Hill on January 6th, uh, which showed a different side of our country. Well, not a different side, because that was a side of our country that was always there, but it showed in a bigger screen how blacks are treated and how whites are treated. Black Lives Matter, when they wanted to do a protest at the Lincoln Memorial, the day before over 5,000 National Guardmen and police officers were brought in that they were not allowed on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. So they were anticipating that there would be some type of violence so all of these troops need to be brought in 
to stop the Black Lives Matter protest. And I'm not gonna say to stop the black people because Black Lives Matter movement consists of many different colors and religions. So it's very diverse. But then you flip the corn and look at January 6th where you had the Proud Boys and the white supremacists who were actually allowed to storm the Capitol, destroy government property, steal government property. Not one person was shot except the individual that was killed by a Capitol Police officer who was trying to get into the Capitol building. Other than that, there were no deaths, no injuries of those protesters, of those rioters, the insurgents. They were allowed to walk out of the door with no arrest, no arrest. When the Black Lives Matter protest was held in Washington, D.C. and Donald Trump wanted to take a picture in front of the church, they were faced with tear gas and police officers. A very peaceful riot, a peaceful protest that turned in something completely different because of the response that they received from the police officers that were there and those that the government had brought in. So there's a big difference between one group and another group. And that's what we have to look at. What is that difference? And why are we seeing so much of this continuously happening? But I mentioned that I was asking some of my friends, how do we move from here? And one of them, Gregory said, we need to go back, we being our politicians, to compromising. Uh, when the Tea Party was established, you know, their biggest thing was we don't compromise. So it's either this way or no way. And that's the way we've been for some time the left against the right, but no meeting in the middle, no having those conversations. Say, hey, look, this is what we need to do. So let's do it. Let's think about our people. Let's put the people before the party. Another friend, Meg, mentioned that we need to get to know each other. And that is so true. How many of you don't know your next door neighbor? 
I have next door neighbors that I've lived next door to for years. They aren't really right next door to me. I would have to go out of my way to meet them. But I've never done that. But then I decided this week, I'm going to make that move because I need to get to know my neighbor and who they are. I think we can help heal if we reached out to each other, if we communicated more with each other, we probably have more in common than we think. Even if it causes us worshiping together, those of you who go to church, those interfaith groups that we have, how effective are they? You know, let's pull everyone together. Let's start pulling everyone together and come up with some idea on moving forward and helping to heal this country because we cannot heal with the amount of hatred that we have towards each other. And it isn't hatred just for black people, it is hatred for Muslims, it is hatred for our Jewish brothers and sisters. It is hatred for anybody who does not look like you. But then you have to ask yourself, what is causing this hatred? Why so much pain that you hate so much? And I think that's what we need to also get to is the root of the pain. The pain for black people comes from 400 years ago when we were brought over as slaves. When we were beaten and killed. When our children were taken away from the parents. When our brothers and sisters were hung were burned alive, but even now our brothers and sisters are being killed at the hands of law enforcement when they are unarmed with very few consequences. Now in the past couple of years, we've seen more law officers getting sentenced, but I don't think that would have happened if there were not cameras on telephone and people are recording what is going on. And now more, a lot of cities are getting body-worn cameras and Congress is pushing for all police departments to have body-worn cameras. So it's going to come with an expense, but it needs to be done. But until we get to know each other, until we start working together, until we start getting on these boards and commissions uh, and let our voice be heard on the political level, we'll probably be in the same position in the next five years. I certainly hope not. And it's going to take some baby steps. I know we have tomorrow the inauguration of our president-elect, 
Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. And some people have complained about the selection of the cabinet members. And they look so much like that of President Obama. And I don't have a problem with that because if you look back what has happened for the past four years and the things that I think have been destroyed, you probably have, might have a different opinion and then that's okay. But it's going to take someone with some experience to come in on day one and know how to fix some of the things that have been destroyed. This is not a position where you walk in learning on the job. And I think in a couple of years, then you probably see some individuals coming in that might not have the experience at a national level that you would want them to have. But I'm pleased to see that President-elect Biden is coming in with a cabinet. At least we know we have some guidance from the top. And one of the things that he has been talking about is that he is the president of the people. He is the president of the United States of America. And I think that is extremely important that everyone recognizes that when we elect a president, we can't talk about what that president did not do for the black people or what he did not do for the Asians or the Muslims. He is a, he or she, the president of the United States of America. And they have a responsibility and an obligation to all of the country, not just their base, not just a few, not just a specific ethnic group or religion. I'm looking forward to tomorrow because I think the past four years has been a disaster for the United States. Our reputation around the country has gone down the tube and we're not recognized or appreciated. And we need to get back to improving relationships that have been destroyed in our political arena with our political partners and leaders around the world. But getting back to what we can do, how do we move forward? What do you need to do? What is it that you can do? As I mentioned before, you can start having those conversations with someone that you don't know. Introduce yourself to someone. Meet someone that you've never met before and try to get to know them. I'm gonna to try to get to know at least one person a month for the next 12 months. If I can do more, that's great. But that's going to be my goal, my resolution for this year is to meet one person 
that I do not know. And then maybe introduce them to one of the other persons that I met. The other thing that I ask you to do, that is very easy, is to look at the boards and the commissions in your town or your county and your state and see which one you can become a member of. This is a great opportunity to let your voice be heard to help serve your community. This is a way that you can help make a difference because you can look at those policies and you can provide input. You would know what impact it would have on different communities. You would have insight into that. Then you might have some other ideas and I would love to hear your ideas. And you can send them to me at flames to torch at gmail.com. That is my email address. I've chosen not to have a website, but I would love to hear from you as a how do we move forward? I'm on several boards and commissions and an idea you might have might be one that we can endorse at a national level. I can share some of those ideas in my next podcast. And maybe you can use those to take to some of your legislators in helping to move forward in your city, in your town. Because you see, the changes we make cannot be just at the national level. We have to start at the local level and work our way up. It's a lot of work. We have a monumental task ahead of us. I'm up for the task, are you? I remember when I was growing up, and I wanna leave you with this. There was a poem that I would read in, in Sunday school. Actually, there was a fan in our church. And on the form, on the fan, there was this poem that said, what did you do with your day today? God gave it to you. Did you throw it away? Did you make someone happy or did you make someone sad? What did you do with your day today? God gave it to you. Did you throw it away? I would like for you to ask yourself that. Regardless of who you serve or if you serve, just ask yourself, what did you do with your day? How productive was your day? I'm Shirley Jenright. Thank you for joining me on Flames to Torch and just my opinion. Be safe, have a great day, and I'll see you at the next podcast.